Live with CDP, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast, live on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Now here's your host, Chris Pame. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP Sports Talk, Season 5, Episode 6, sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet, 905 Woodlawn Road West, and the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned, pre-owned GM vehicles, or give them a call at 519-824-0210 and tell them CDP, a.k.a. Chris Palme sent you there as well. And also, guys, you can also order. Pre-orders are available for the O-Electric Silverado as well as the O-Electric uh, Cadillac Lyric again. And, again, check out barrycon.com or give them a uh, pop by at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Uh, good evening, everybody, and welcome again to my 226th episode of Live with CDP podcast tonight. I am looking forward to my guest his name is Adam Goss. He is the uh, public address announcer for the Grey Cup champion, Toronto Argonauts at BMO Field. And this past season was the University of Gulf Griffins football team uh, public address announcer at Alumni Stadium. And I'm, I'm looking forward to speaking to Adam about um, the 2022 CFL season. Uh, the Argonauts obviously winning the Grey Cup and also the CFL schedule being released yesterday. And uh, myself and some others on social media have had our opinions on that. So bear with me, and I'm going to bring on Adam uh, Goss from the uh, Toronto Argonauts. Good evening, Adam. How are you? Well, Chris, let me tell you. Nice, nice, nice. That's how I'm doing, brother. That's great. And I was going to say, uh, this was only the second Grey Cup win with that boat logo. As much as it's my favorite logo out of all of them, that's only the second time they've won a Grey Cup with that logo as well, by the way. 1983. Yeah, 83. And that was a special year because um, I was only 11 at the time and my... Uh, Father, who before he passed away uh, a couple years later, uh, was able to watch that game with me. And uh, at least he got to see the Argos win a Grey Cup. And it was a big deal because it was a 31-year drought. And it was a nail-biter, 18-17. to 17. And sure enough, 39 years later, a one-point win. But this time it was different with the two blocked field goals at the end of a game. Have you ever, Adam, seen a championship game end on two blocked field goals like that? Uh, a championship game, no. Uh, back in my own playing days, many moons ago, uh, a, a player from uh, the city of Pickering by the name of Sean Quinn blocked, he was a defensive back, blocked two kicks in a row to win a game in Oakville or Burlington. But uh, no, never in a championship game. That's remarkable. Remarkable. Also, um, I was going to, we'll get to questions now. Uh, basically, um, what were, what were your thoughts on this 2022 Toronto Argonauts uh, season and then their playoffs to the uh, 18th grade cup championship? I've been doing a lot of thinking on that. Uh, you know, my, 
my love for this team started in 1991. So uh, I'm, I don't know what it's like to watch them lose a championship. Um, you know, many of us were talking during the Grey Cup Festival and uh, some of us, including myself, were, were trying to make peace with the fact that eventually all streaks come to an end. Yeah. Um, we were trying to, to, you know, give ourselves some, some grace and say, you know, maybe, maybe this one is the day they finally break our hearts and, and lose a championship. No, that hasn't happened yet. Uh, so then you start to look at all the collective wins, you know, 91, 96, 97, 04, 2012, 2017. Uh, and you, th- this one may have been the most, um, unpredictable i i guess you know the 91 team w- was hollywood from yep. top to bottom 96 and 97 the flutie years those teams were juggernauts uh 04 had hall of famer damon allen 2012 2017 had ricky ray uh mark tressman and chris milanovich and then you've got you've got this you've got this team you know an unproven head coach and ryan dinwiddie uh, a reluctant star in in uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, uh, you know, very polarizing individual in, in the, amongst the Argo fan base. This to me was was probably the most uh, surprising of them all uh, from that I've been involved with or, or as a fan. And uh, I guess in a way that makes it a little more special. Um, and they they beat a very powerful uh, team, a back to back champion team in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, so yeah, it was really special, uh, kind of came a little bit out of nowhere. I mean, you always believe in your team. Um, but, uh, they were just on a crescendo, um, right to the end. They just got better and better and better right to the finish line. And really that's, that's what you want. Back in the eighties, uh, they, this team sort of reminds me of the team of the early eighties because when they hired Bob Bill. Bob Obilovich, he was a, a, he's never been a head coach, I don't believe, before. Brought in Mouse Davis, brought in Conrad Holloway, uh, and uh, they built the program up, and, and then they won in 83. So I, I saw some similarities uh, to this team from uh, 40 years ago uh, with the coaching staff and just this team because the 82 Argonauts, I don't think we're even supposed to get to the Grey Cup, even though it was in Toronto at that time. And, and you know what? To be honest, if that weather wasn't a factor back then, I know for a fact they could have beat the Eskimos or the Elks back then. But that that weather was uh, horrible back then. But I was going to say we've been spoiled as Argonaut fans in the last 39 years, eight gray cups, Hamilton Tiger Cats. Since I've been alive in 50 years, three gray cups in 50 years. So we're very spoiled as Argonaut fans, and and uh, I'm just hoping this translates into. Um, more fans at BMO Field uh, next year. I I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, we winning usually solves a lot of problems. Um, the Argonauts have a lot of work to do. Uh, this is the CFL. It, it's you know, it's no surprise that there's a lot of player movement in the off season. It's it's hard to keep players under contract uh, for long term deals. So, you know, fans need to be prepared. There's there's going to be some turnover with this team uh, in some pretty significant uh, positions. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't envy, um, and ball and, and his staff for, for putting together another, yet another, uh, championship caliber team. Uh, do I have faith that he can do it? Absolutely. The man has never lost a championship. Um, but it's, it's going to be interesting to, to watch, watch them work, um, from a fan perspective. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, having sustained success, um, 
um, at Argo home games year after year has, has been a struggle. They've won championships and typically followed them up with um, very satisfactory seasons. So, um, you know, if they do put together some, some winning teams and not necessarily great cup championship winning teams, although that would be nice um, that, that could help grow this fan base. What was it like being the public address announcer for that East final where the stadium, I think was about what, 75, 80% full. And it was loud. It was as loud as a Argo game I've heard in many years in Toronto. Yeah, it was, um, it was one of those games that gets the hair on your arm sticking up. And, um, you know, there was, there was, um, close to 22,000 in the building last year, um, when we hosted the Thai cats, um, but the Thai cats brought between six and 7,000 of their own fans. Um, this year's Eastern final saw an attendance of North of 21,000 without Hamilton in the building. So kudos to Argo fans. And obviously there's a small percentage of that, that, that came from Montreal and we thank them too, but, um, kudos to Argo fans by and large for stepping up and, and getting behind this team. Um, Sometimes there's something to be said for for a bit of an underdog, and you know, you know there's a lot of talk about how the East Division was the least division this year, and and it was just a you know whoever you know put together at least a mediocre season would have a chance to go to the Grey Cup. No one gave this Argonaut team a chance to win uh, the big dance, so um, I, I think that that little bit of underdogness was attractive to a lot of people. I know it was to me. Absolutely. And, uh, you, you know, it's funny is exactly one year ago, uh, today I had you on my podcast show. What are the odds of that? Eh? And I didn't look at it. I, uh, I, we booked it for the 14th and then I looked at my YouTube channel and my shows from the, the past year and you came up on, uh, December 14th, 2021. Well, happy anniversary to us. <laughs> so so we'll have to try to do it again next year on december 14th 2022 or 2023 let's book, let's book it we'll we'll recap a 19th gray cup championship win how about that and that's uh my favorite number that would be roll sweet number 19 and uh yeah one more gray cup would be nice i'd like to see number 19 uh next year hopefully what what makes 19 your favorite number steve eiserman Detroit Red Wings. Oh, even before he be, even even before he became a Red Wing, I was a fan of him with the Peterborough Pete. So uh, nineteen has always been my favorite number, and uh, Curly Gettins Jr. is my favorite Argonaut player. Yeah, well, let's let's hope he let's hope he uh, he's joining us for for the nineteenth championship. Um, you know, he's one of those players that has every right to to seek top dollar um, in the offseason this year. Uh, would love to see him back in double blue. I think we can all agree he was our best receiver this season. And uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. And he's only going to get better. Absolutely. And I had one of your coaches on uh, a couple weeks ago, Pete Costanza. And he even said uh, what kind of a work ethic uh, Gittins Jr. has. And he's willing to learn, work hard, and keep improving daily in practices. Yeah, that, that, that helps. I mean, you, this, this, this league is, these guys are professional athletes and if you don't put the work in, you're going to get left behind. Um, Hurley's known for, for working hard and his results are paying off quite quickly. Um, if you would have told me before this season that he was going to be our best receiver, I don't know that I would have believed you. Um, but you, you can see how fast his ascent has been. Uh, it's great to watch. Absolutely. Now, Adam, I got to ask you this. What point of the season did you say, did you think that this team could be a possible Grey Cup champion or get to the Grey Cup? 
I I really didn't think that until maybe I don't know a couple weeks before the regular season ended. Listen to Jagarad Davis, and you won't go wrong. So it was it was early in the season. It was the first third of the season, and and the Argos were were coming off uh, a game in which uh, Jagarad Davis finally kind of emerged as the the star we all wanted him to be. I can't remember which game, but he was he was quoted in the post game comments as, and I'm paraphrasing, so bear with me, Chris. He said something to the angle of, you know, we're not playing our best right now, but we don't need to. You know, we're working harder every day, we're getting better every day, and we're going to be at our best when it matters the most. And you know, pro athletes you are, are, are prone to to give us company lines. They're they're very by the book and and very professional. Sometimes watered down answers. We all want them to tell the truth. Um, I thought that was that was a little start, startling to say, you know, we're not playing our best, but we don't need to today. We need to be playing our best, you know, in November. Um, and that that stuck with me. And this is a guy who's been to the past two, three Grey Cup championships. So I thought, okay, well, if 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 he if he believes it, then why shouldn't I? Um, and he was absolutely right. You know, they they, they were arguably the hottest team, and um, you know, in October and. Um, they just never slowed down. Um, they had injuries. They led the league in man games lost, and it was just next man up. Whoever was second on the depth chart, third in the depth chart, you know, there were playmakers all over the place. Uh, kudos to this coaching staff for just um, getting the results with, uh, you know, without having their starting lineup uh, day in and day out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it would have been it would have been that day when I heard Davis say that, um, but you saw it unfold when when the – you know, and the leaves started to turn brown, and, and the and the, the 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 sun went away, and and the team just got better, um, and um, they were obviously their best when they needed to be, in the Grey Cup Championship. And you gotta, yeah, and you also gotta mention Penball Clements and the Argonaut management staff because when they took over in 2019, they did the team was struggling at that point, and I think they turned over the roster around 90% of the roster, and then they brought in Ryan Dinwiddie and all that, and then the pandemic. But Pinball Clements has got to be given a lot of credit. The entire Argonaut management staff uh, for bringing in the right players, getting guys that are good fits. Because sometimes, Adam, you know this in football or sports, you can bring in a guy who's as talented as anyone, but he's not a good fit in a locker room or doesn't have chemistry. And uh, they look like there was good chemistry on this team. Very, very well said. Chemistry matters. Chemistry helps win championships. Um, you know, you 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 don't win you don't win often with a team full of prima donnas. Um, you know, how many people had eyebrows raised when when the team signed Ryan Dinwiddie to be their head coach? Um, he wasn't on the short list of of popular candidates in the media, and um, he in fact he might have been fourth or fifth if I'm remembering at the time. I was a little surprised. Um, but look at us now, you know, um, he obviously knows how to get the most out of his players. Um, Pinball knew that, um, and they knew how to surround, um, you know, players like McLeod, Bethel Thompson with character people at key division, uh, key positions. Um, it's great to see they, this team looked like they had fun, you know, even, even when they were losing, you know, you would, you would watch practices and they were, they were loose. Um, they, they put their hard their hard hats on and their work boots on when they had to. Absolutely, and uh, like I said, I uh, I just I was just 
very pleased with this team. And uh, <coughs> Adam, I went to more Argo games this year than in a, in a long time. At uh, obviously, I went to the Guelph game, but I went to four at BMO Field, and uh, this year I ended up dealing with Arjun and uh, end up getting my season ticket. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <coughs> I'm not sick. I just got a dry throat. Uh, now, I, anyways. I, I believe you have some, some news of your own to share regarding Argo tickets. Yeah, I'm now a season ticket holder member. So I'm uh, section 115. Roll uh, 10, seat 2. I wanted seat 1, but I said seat 2. I want to be able to get Boris Beattie's extra points in uh, field goal balls next year in the stands. I really like that. And I love sitting in the end zone seats. You might have to grow a few inches because he booms them pretty high. No, I'll, I'll, I'll jump. I can jump up. I uh, Like I said, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, since we're talking about season tickets, uh, obviously the CFL schedule – uh, came out yesterday and I've I've kind of there's a few dates I've kind of not, not sure about but I've heard some positive feedback but a lot of negativity can I get your opinion Adam on the uh, 2023 CFL schedule and the Argonaut schedule okay well um, I'll start with the Argonauts because that's where that's near and dear to my heart now I can very easily compartmentalize this I can separate Adam Goss's feelings from what I think is is, is good for, for the fan base in general. Personally, um, I'm a little selfish. I like Saturday games at four o'clock. Um, it, it's 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 decent for families. You know, it's not too late in the evening, and for adults, it, it at least it has it allows some some time after a game to go out for a bite to eat and enjoy themselves. And for the tailgate crew, it gives it gives you a few hours to enjoy the tailgate as well. Um, obviously having a consistent schedule in the CFL is not viable. Um, there's no team in this league that's going to get the ad day they want uh, just due to the TV schedule. So my thoughts, my personal thoughts are really irrelevant. Is it good for the fan base? I think so. Um, I'll tell you this much about the league. Uh, and there's a lot of talk about uh, whether it's a great schedule or it's a terrible schedule. Um, the league is listening. Um, and, I saw a lot of chatter on social media about having um, a healthy amount of Sunday games uh, before uh, Labor Day weekend or up until Labor Day weekend. Um, you know, why can't we compete on Sundays? Um, and the NFL took note, or so their CFL took notice. Um, and I think regardless of whether we get into the goods and the bads, the league is listening. Um, we've seen a lot of different variations of the schedule unfold over the years. Um, you know, based on what the league thinks is, is, is best for our fans. So um, find me the perfect schedule, you know, you're, and you're going to, if, if you do, you're going to upset somebody. The league is listening. They're going to try this out. Um, obviously there, there, there's an issue of revenue up for discussion. The league sees this as, as a, having a larger revenue stream. Um, having these Sunday games and primetime slots allows more viewers um, it's more attractive to an American uh, TV network. So, and that trickles down, you know, the, the, the three biggest sources of revenue on any team in this league should be ticket sales, uh, you know, corporate sponsorship and revenue from the league. Um, so more revenue for the league obviously is, is better for all the teams in the league. Um, that's, that's a, that's a basic answer. Um, it's going to polarize uh, the fan base. I can't remember a, a schedule drop that hasn't polarized the fan base. Um, you've got people on both sides. 
uh, for it against it. Um, I'm curious to see how it plays out because we haven't gone head to head on, on Sundays um, with the NFL in quite some time. Um, I mean, if you're a CFL fan, you're a CFL fan. So let's go as far as, you know, geographically and whether or not it's, it's, it's better as a fan to go to a game. There's going to be some challenges everywhere. This is also going to work out better for some people. Um, you know, that we talk about the cottage crowd in certain markets, being able to get back and see a game on a Sunday evening. Um, I get that. Um, you know, the riders uh, take issue because um, they're going to miss those Fridays and Saturday time slots because people do travel across the province to go to rider games. I understand that. Um, there's going to be challenges no matter what you do. Um, until every team gets exactly what they want, um, we're just going to have to pull together and make do. And the good news is there's only two Sunday night games at seven o'clock. So I guess you're right. There are positives to it and there are negatives, but uh, I'm going to try to get to every game this year, but uh, at least with having a season ticket, I'll I'll be able to uh, donate it to a charity or, uh, or uh, put it on the ticket market. But um, the two Sunday, you know what? You're right, Adam. It's not going to hurt them to try this and stuff like that. I was hoping the Sunday games would be at four o'clock, but for TV ratings, seven o'clock would probably be better uh, to get more ratings for the CFL. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I hear a lot of, um, you know, some of the, some of the, uh, the, the criticism or the arguments from, from non CFL fans will say, will say things like, well, I don't know when the games are. Um, you know, it's not, it's not a set day. It's not every Thursday. It's not every Friday. Well, when, you know, when are basketball games, when are TFC games, you know, if, if, if you're a, if you're a fan, they're not, they're not every single Thursday. They're not every single Tuesday. Um, if you're a fan of the sport, especially in this day and age, when there's technology right in front of our faces, you'll find a way to watch it. You'll find a way to go to a game. So I, I just don't buy that excuse. Um, the game can be scheduled any day of the week and you'll find it. Whether or not you can go to that game is a different story. And we all have jobs, you know, we have personal obligations, geography plays a role. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. Thoughts on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for the second year in a row, uh, not playing Toronto at BMO field. I really, I, I'm not against this, uh, a Halifax classic game or whatever, but they should rotate it between teams every year. And, uh, and like I said, as an Argo season ticket holder, I was hoping to see Saskatchewan on July 29th. Yeah, I, uh, I can, I can respect that. Um, I was actually a little surprised. It was the riders again. Um, I do know that the league will want to have um, a team that has a fan base that, um, that, that travels well to fill that, uh, to fill that game. Um, I thought it might be Winnipeg I and mean, it would be a great job. It'd be a yeah. great thing to, to play the bombers in that game or even, or even Hamilton Hamilton fans travel well too. Um, obviously the riders will, will travel well and you'll, you'll see a healthy contingent of, of melon heads in that building, wherever that building may be. Um, I, I, I feel for the rider fans in this area, area that uh, don't get to see the, their team at, at BMO, uh, this year. Um, I, I don't know why that is, but, um, I mean, I guess the short answer is that it's a, it's a, it's, it's guaranteed to help attendance wherever this neutral site game is. Um, obviously the Argo fans, you know, we travel pretty well too. We have a hardcore fan base. It's not huge. Um, but we, we do travel fairly well. Um, so, um, I'm looking forward to being wherever it is. 
Also, I'm a little disappointed too with uh, the Argonauts are only playing Winnipeg once this year on September 29th in Winnipeg. And to me, we should, as an Argonaut fan or a CFL fan, we should be able to see at least every team in this league once in our home stadium. And it's I'm just a little disappointed. No Saskatchewan and no Winnipeg at BMO this year. Yeah, it, it, it's it's tough in that regards. Uh, the, the you know the the pro for that schedule is that it does minimize costs. Um, you know the league, you know pre pandemic or I should say during the pandemic, the league was looking at how do we how do we reduce costs. So if you keep teams closer to home, uh, you take away a road game every year. That's going to help a little bit. It's going to help the bottom line, and, and it does increase rival um, or it does increase the intensity of rivals within your division. So um, those are pros. Cons, yes, it'd be nice to see every team. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe we'll get back to that. You know, maybe with some additional revenue streams, those, those problems will go away. Um, but uh, I, I understand what you're saying. Hopefully we get that 10th CFL team they've been talking about since 1984, uh, Halifax. Hopefully at some point uh, they'll have ownership and be able to build a, a 25,000 seat stadium there. Because I think long term that would be great for the CFL to have a 10 team league, five on the east, five on the west and have a balanced schedule. 100%. Could you imagine uh, a, a BC Atlantic Canada rivalry, you know, who's which coast is the best coast? Um, have them play every Labor Day. Then you could have Montreal play Ottawa on Labor Day a weekend as as they should. Um, there's there's so many so many advantages to having a tenth team. Uh, I don't know a CFL fan that that, that isn't for this. Um, and um, at the uh, commissioner's um, state of the league address during the Grey Cup Festival, he, he once again reiterated the league's commitment to having a team in Atlanta, Canada. He actually mentioned that following the festival, um, the league would be in, in Halifax to, again, meet with the um, the Atlantic, Atlantic Schooner group. So, um, you know, I, I think that I think that they're doing everything they can. Um, so it's, it, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say it's a guarantee, but I, I do like our chances. The league looks like they're, they're, they're committed to this and, um, and I and I also we we do we do know that the uh, touchdown Atlanta game that was held this past summer was a huge success. Uh, it was a financial boon to the communities in in, in the East Coast, and um, you've already got municipalities putting their hands up, hoping that um, you know there's one this summer. So keep your fingers crossed. Speaking of that, I do have one question, and this is from. Um... Richie SW on Twitter. He wasn't able to come on live with us, but he wanted to ask you, Hey, Chris, would you be able to ask Adam his thoughts on the strong representation of Argonaut fans from BC, like Elliot the Moose and how he thinks we can infect the other provinces in, in, into following BC to basically grow the fan base across the country for the Argonauts? Well, I would say those fans in BC uh, just like winning. So, I mean, if you like winning, this is this is the team you want to get behind. It's it's a privilege to follow the double blue because, um, you know, it, you don't have to wait too long to hoist that big shiny thing in the air. Um, but in, in all seriousness, like you know, there's great CFL fans. You know, this this league has the best fans in sports, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, no one has to, uh, no one is subjected to the the kind of things you know that that, that CFL fans have to handle or, or endure on a daily basis. So. I respect whatever team fans want to follow. Um, the Argonauts are 
the oldest professional sports team in North America. Sorry, Hamilton. Uh, so um, there's going to be fans from coast to coast. Um, BC's BC's not an anomaly. There's Argo fans um, in every in every province. Um, just because this team is so old, there's so much history to the Argonauts. Um, winning helps. Um, but yeah, and uh, Elliot, if you're listening, next round's on me, brother. Uh, this this is gonna have something else in it next time I see you. <laughs> That's all right too, but uh, I was—I forgot I was going to ask, but uh, it is just going to be important to keep building this fan base. And I'm going to also tell you, Adam, I'm also involved with another league too, the National Lacrosse League, and I find so much similarities between that and the CFL. And it's such a great sport, and it's starting to grow now with uh, ESPN, TSN, and they have such a loyal fan base. And I said to my one friend, Pat Ray Gore from Quebec, Canada. The, uh, the National Lacrosse League reminds me so much of the CFL. And now that the CFL is uh, in hibernation for the next five, six months, now I have the National Lacrosse League. And it's I just love that sport as much as I like the CFL. And uh, I hope more people will follow that league as well. Yeah, I've been to a handful of games. I, I didn't grow up watching lacrosse or playing lacrosse. I respect the heck out of it. Um, you got to be tough as nails to play that game. Uh, fast, durable. Um, it's, it's a violent sport or at least it can be, but it's also one that involves a lot of skill. These players are the best at what they do. Um, and having, having the league in, in, in the winter months does fill a void. It's, it's, it's wonderful, uh, from that standpoint, I know a lot of CFL fans that, uh, that for, for, for years looked for something to do. We were all kind of hanging our heads in those, you know, those doldrum months of January, February, and March waiting for football to come back. Well, the NLL fills that void uh, adequately. So there's fans all across this country who will uh, pick pick the lacrosse right up after football season ends, so they can, um, you know, they can get that emotion out. I guess, but um, yeah, I'll I'll probably hit a game or two up this um, this year this season too. I already went to a Bandits game a couple weeks ago against Albany, and I I loved it. It was eleven to ten Albany, exciting game. Saw some fights. The fans. I find I'm going to say this to you. The Bandit fans, I find, are louder than the Sabre fans, but I think there's a couple of reasons for that. It's because the Bandits have really had a lot of success in their time in Buffalo, and, and the mm-hmm. Sabres really, the last 10, 11 years, have struggled. But I think once the Sabres start having a winning uh, team and people see that the franchise is on their way up, which I think they are, I think Buffalo, the Sabre fans will start being louder and having better numbers as well. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I mean, if if we if if you want to, we I can talk Sabers all night long. You know me, Chris. I, I'm a, I, I I bleed blue and gold. Um, but um, yeah, your 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 assessment is accurate. I mean, the Bandits had one of the greatest players of all time in John Tavares for years. You know that didn't hurt. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not a lacrosse uh, historian, so I, I can't I can't give you facts and figures. Uh, but I, I having spent a lot of time in Buffalo. I, I do know how passionate that city is for the bandits. Um, it's a great, it's a great sport for a hardworking town like Buffalo. It just makes sense. Absolutely. And, and I'm going to say this too. Uh, we'll get back to the Argonauts in a minute. As much as I don't like their red and black uniforms, they're not as bad as the Pistons teal colors. 
I have to say the Sabres seem to play better in the black and, and the red uniforms, but I still like the blue and gold. I'm a traditionalist too, but if they're going to win in those black and red, well, so be it. Now, I like the white one with the, 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 the logo too, but I don't like the white pants with the white jerseys. I think they should go with uh, uh, royal blue hockey pants with the white sweaters. Yeah, I've, I've heard that too, but it's it's just something different, right? I mean, when do you ever see white pants? You know, yeah. now that we've seen it, we can say, okay, I'm yeah. good. But Definitely. but it, but it was super cool. I mean, it, it, it's it's a clean look. You know, this is this is a, is a is a discussion on a whole when it comes to uniforms. Do you like a uniform? Do you like top to bottom monochrome, or do you like um, you know like a contrasting look? Like, I'm a fan of the Argonauts, all Oxfords. You know, with the, with the Cambridge trim. Uh, a lot of fans like white with the Oxford pants or or Oxford jersey <laughs> with the white pants or what have you. Um, I'm all for all one color. Um, that may not be a popular opinion, but it's mine. <laughs> I, I made this suggestion a couple weeks ago on Twitter about an old black jersey. Keep the logo the same. Add brown to the football. Black jerseys with white trim, with black pants with white trim. And no gold, just black and white. Just black and white. And uh, a lot of people said no. And I said, look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They went to uh, black uniforms and they're sharp. But um, I, I don't think that's going to happen in Toronto. But I'm hoping they will come up with a great third uniform uh, for this year, being their 150th anniversary. Yeah, a third would be would be pretty cool. Um, I, I got to disagree strongly there. I, I want no part of black with this football team. Okay. You've already you've already got three bold colors. Well, two bold colors and a shade. You've got Oxford blue, Cambridge blue, and white. So if you're going to have a white jersey and, a, and an Oxford color jersey, you can do something with Cambridge. Um, and they have in the past. They look pretty sharp. Um, you could also you could also toy around with all three. It's it's um, it'll be interesting to see what they what they do. Um, you know, we, in the '90s, we've seen them throw in. Uh, teal and, and silver and things like that and it's it's work for a bit you know a lot of people like the you know the, the the jason logo with the shield um but we're really there are three colors that uh, represent this football team so um third jersey it, very interesting i'm i'm all for that let's see something unique um but uh i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't fix something that, that doesn't need to be fixed any chance on the Canada Day game against BC? They come out in red jerseys with white pants. Do you think there's any chance of that? Zero. I think. I think. You, you, I think. You know what? The Red Blacks play on the Thursday, I believe, on the on the uh, on June thirtieth. Um, I think you're more likely to see something like that happen in Ottawa, which obviously makes sense. You know, they play in the nation's capital. So, um, if I were up to me, I would schedule the Red Blacks on Canada Day every year. But, you know. I'm not the commissioner. I'm going to say this as well, and I don't know if you agree with me, but my favorite Argonaut uniforms are from the 80s, I guess because that's when the team started getting successful again, going to the Great Cup, 82, 83, 87, and, and those are my favorite uniforms. And I, I'm hoping, I know they're doing the 150th anniversary, but I'm hoping they also do a game where they honor the the, the, the 1983 team because 40 years uh, in, is going on, and I hope they I can hope they can honor the 83 team as well. Interesting. Yeah, it'll be 40 years since that uh, that team. Can you can you fit it all in? Interestingly, may, maybe. It's not a terrible idea. 
Um, I would love to be, be behind the microphone to introduce members of the 83 squad. That'd be a thrill. So, I mean, something to look forward to. I know that uh, obviously the team announced that on August the 6th, which I believe is versus Edmonton, um, there's going to be some special, uh, you know, 150th uh, festivities, so to speak. Um, so I can't wait to find out what they're, um, you know, it's, it's to talk about, 150 years is incredible. You think about it, you know, the longevity of this team, um, all of the things that this organization has been through over the years. Um, it's quite a testament to the, you know, just the strength and durability of the team and its fans, you know, the loyalty of this fan base. Um, you know, what a thank you to be able to celebrate 150 years. Um, next year should be a lot of fun. I'm glad to be a part of it as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to this season as well. And uh, I'm hoping the Argonauts continue their training camp at the University of Guelph because it's only like a seven-minute drive for me. And uh, and uh, the team, as you know, Adam, has been really good with my podcast and my media work as well. And same with Chris uh, Bilinovich and Sean Bowen and Mike Hogan as well. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's champions on this team from top to bottom and all those, all those individuals that you just mentioned are, are deserving the, of the accolades as well. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of people behind the scenes that do a lot of heavy lifting and, and, and those folks are no exception. Um, as far as Guelph goes, uh, my understanding is that uh, this team has uh, two more training camps in Guelph. Um, it, it ha- it's not on the schedule, but I believe, I believe the preseason game versus um Versus Ottawa, Ottawa on on June the first should be in, should be in Guelph, um, but uh, that's not that's not confirmed. I have no official information on that. One thing I would like to see in Guelph is to see more Argonaut gear because uh, there's hardly any places in Guelph where you can buy Argonaut hats or jerseys in that, and it would be nice to see a little more of the double blue going around in Guelph. And unfortunately, the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, now have their radio rights owned by CJOY 1460 in Guelph as well. So the Tiger Cats are trying to get their foot in the door in this market as well. But it would be nice to see uh, some more double blue colors in the city. Yeah, I mean, Guelph is, let's let's be honest, I mean, Guelph is not... You know, it's 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 not where the Toronto Argonauts play. We are we're the Toronto Argonauts, yes. and we're yeah. GTA-based team. So, yeah. I, I hear you. You know, it, it'd be nice. It'd be nice for them uh, for the team to bring along some merchandise to to sell on game day. You know, on preseason game day in Guelph. But, um, you know, obviously, you know, we live in an age of where technology is changing everything, and it's no secret the team wants uh, fans to buy their merch from Real Sports. Um, so for those who can't buy merchandise uh you know at an argos game or in in a store then uh yeah just jump online and you should find everything that you need yeah the only thing uh with real sports i like their stuff and nick small me talked about it if you're a bigger person unfortunately they have limited sizes so i'm hoping next year uh not just for myself but for other fans they'll have a little more uh sizing uh for fans that are even a little bit bigger than the other fans yeah, it, it can be a struggle. There, there is a limit to some of the size merchandise that, that that's available. Um, I, I would continue to put your hand up and let them know. Um, feedback helps. You know, if they understand there, there's a market for for plus size um, fans in, in this fan base, then you'll see some more merchandise. Uh, alternatively, um, you can you can check in with my good buddy uh, uh, Mike Phoenix or, or, or uh, Argo Fluffy is as he's known amongst us, um, and um, he'll provide you with something real solid. 
Yeah, because unfortunately, I had to get I had ordered stuff, my hat and my hoodie, uh, from a store in Quebec that had what I liked, the my sizing and the hat as well. So I'm hoping next year or in the future I'll be able to do it at BMO Field instead. Okay, Adam, are you okay for a couple more quick questions? Of course, bring it on. Okay, this one I had I should have asked you at this at the beginning, but what was it like being at the Grey Cup in Regina, Saskatchewan at Mosaic Stadium and your overall experience uh before the game and during the game and after the game? The whole Grey Cup festival was fantastic. Kudos to the city of Regina. They just they know how to throw a party. Um, you know, the the um the real center, the real festival grounds where where the where the festival was held in Regina was was terrific everything was right there it just it is endless um convention rooms um uh, you know plenty of space to hold these parties uh, it was well attended um the parties themselves were organized and fun the game of course was was amazing i mean it was it was organized getting in and out of the building uh, i know that there's talk about uh attendance the game was sold out and really that's all that matters uh, it was sold out it was a pro Winnipeg crowd, maybe not as much as people uh, think at home, but it, it, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely pro Winnipeg. Um, what I liked, Chris, is that um, of course the last great cup we were in was 2017 in Ottawa. Weather obviously played a factor, and that may have, may have played a role in, um, you know, in leveling the playing field, so to speak, when we played the Stampeders. Um, what was nice is, is uh, in this year is that despite it, the fact that it was cold. Um, weather was largely a non-issue. It was a little windy, but but nothing nothing that was really earth shattering. Um, so you know, for the Argos to um, overcome a Winnipeg team without having to worry about weather being a factor was big. But also as as a, as a fan sitting in the stands, uh, it was very comfortable. Um, you know, the flyover, uh, the halftime show was a hit. Um, Mosaic Stadium as the second time I've been in that building, and it's it's just a gem. It's it's um, I'll say the second best stadium in the CFL after BMO Field, but uh, I love it. I love I love watching a game there. The fans are awesome. Um, rough, rough Rider fans are CFL fans, and I think they they made it very warm and accommodating for all of us out of town. Um, so, um, and there were there were some very special Rider fans who made it extra nice for us there that week. So you know who you are. Uh, thanks for making. Um, our week one to remember. I've been lucky also. I've had some guests on from Western Canada and uh, Rod Peterson and uh, Daniela as well. And uh, I've never been to Western Canada. I've been to more of the United States than my own country. So I really need to get out to Western Canada at some point. And uh, I've made a lot of connections out there. And uh, it just seems like a really nice part of Canada to travel out to. Well, I mean, sports or otherwise. Get out there, see this country, hit each coast, go north if you can, spend some time on the prairies, see the mountains, you know, go to Quebec, whatever, see 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 some of on northern Ontario. Um, a lot of us are very proud to be Canadian. You know, being Canadian is, is an absolute privilege. It's the best country uh, on the planet. Um, but mo a lot of us also don't know what it means to, you know, to, to celebrate this beautiful country, to see... Uh, different pockets of of Canadiana, um, different foods, you know, different um, historical achievements, monuments, 
natural beauty. You know, we've got it all. We've got mountains and we've got, we've got plains, we've got big cities, small towns, roadside attractions. Um, so sports is a great vehicle to want to, to enjoy all that, but get out there, man. It's, 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 it'll change your life. When I had Pete Costanza on my show too, uh, I talked about this. I said, I grew up in the seventies loving the CFL, but the NFL as well. And I don't understand why some of this younger generation can't like both. Don't compare them. They're different countries, different rules, but it's still pro football. And a lot of guys in the States have a lot of respect that I've talked to on my podcast about the CFL and stuff like that. And it's, we should be proud of the game as well as, as we are with hockey and lacrosse. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, this is this isn't this is the age old argument, right? I mean, if if you like football, then watch football. You know, I grew up hearing about how how Toronto was such a hockey town. You know, hockey is number one in this market. Yep. Okay. Well, how did the Mississauga Ice Dogs do? They left. How did the how did the St. Mike's Majors do? They left. They left. How, how did the Brampton Battalion do? They left. They left. You know, and we've we saw AHL team after AHL team come through the Roadrunners and so on, before MLSC finally put a, a a stop to that. And they're you know they put money into into the Marlies, and they're we know the Marlies aren't going anywhere because they're owned by MLSC. Um, but don't 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 get it twisted. You know, when some people tell you that it's this or that, you know, people you know th- this is a, the, the, you know in a lot of reasons uh, you know being a Toronto sports fan is a challenge because it's it's sometimes about the perception of the game and not about the actual game that you're that you're enjoying you know uh, it's a leaf town in terms of hockey it's a leaf town it's not a hockey town it was a hockey town you'd, you'd see people support the game of hockey left right and center it's not that way um as a football fan i watch I'll watch any any form of football that you put in front of me. You know, it's arena football, it's NFL, see if I have an NFL team. I've, I even worked for the Toronto Phantoms when they were here. Um, the AFL is Toronto Phantoms. So um, it, it's, it, you know, if somebody tells you they're a football fan, then watch football. Otherwise, you're just an NFL fan and you're there for hype. You're there for uh, an Instagrammable moment. You're there just because you're, you know, you're following, you just want, an atmosphere, you know, and I get that. I respect that. If you want to, if you just want to be there and be entertained, uh, then cool. Um, but if you, if you have a true love of a sport support it. And I was able to get my nephew Tanner out to his first CFL game. He was, he never been to BMO field, never been to a CFL game. He likes the NFL, but he goes, Oh, I can have a beer at the game. I can, I can, uh, this is good football. He was really impressed, not just because of the beer aspect of it, but he was, he, he, I think he had a really good time. And I think I'm going to be able to get him to come back again next year. And I said, bring your friends. I said, this is good football. It's professional football. It's exciting. And uh, I think having 21,000 fans in that stadium uh, kind of helped as well. Cause it created a, a more exciting environment. Yeah, Toronto is is the most unique sports market in in this country. You know, um, there's an issue of civic pride that this this city lacks, um, and I, that may that may that may cause a stir. But I, I you know I, I believe it to be true. These are things again that when you travel, you get to you get to Calgary, you get to BC, you get to you know Montreal. Um, the issue of of civic pride isn't an issue because they. You know they're they're happy to stand up for their city regardless of of what you're talking about. It's always us versus the team that's there. Um, you know, in 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 Toronto, it's it's very apathetic. 
it's it's a shame, but um, if 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 there's something that's really worthwhile in Toronto, you almost need you know ten friends to say no, it's really fun. You should do this thing um, instead of taking the initiative and just going. Um, you know, there's nothing better than an Argo home game. Uh, BMO is one of the best facilities in the CFL. It's exciting. It's loud. Um, this team just won a Grey Cup. Um, the talent is there. Um, the value is there. Absolutely. It's the best value um, entertainment in, in the city. Um, so, um, you know, I could I could rant all, all night long about why I think it is, um, you know, people should be in, in, in the building, but um, that's not what they pay me for. So it's they you know they pay me to entertain once people are taking their seats but uh it's 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 a, it, there's a conversation that needs to continue um you know how do we sell this amazing brand of football um you know to the masses in this city uh i believe there's an opportunity i believe there's space for us um there's there's talk about how many people in this city and how many things there are to do there but because there are so many people in toronto there should be enough um there should be enough pie for us to have and also, I, I feel that uh, there's enough. I think you guys could get more fans outside of the greater Toronto area. To me, Guelph eventually one day will be part of the greater Toronto area. A lot of people from that area are now moving out to Guelph. So to me, I think this is an area where we need to get more marketing done for the Argonauts. But one thing I would like to see, Adam, in the future there is a couple of statues of some of the greatest Argonaut players. Obviously, Mike Pinball Clements, Terry Greer, um, a number of guys. And I'd like to see a little bit of a Argo Hall of Fame area at BMO Field in the future. I, I'm hoping, hoping for. I'm here for all that. We'd love it. We'd love it. I think we're I think we're overdue for an Argo Hall of Fame. Um, they do a great job with the banners that hang at, at BMO. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we would look. You, you, can we paint the scenes blue? You know, I mean, it's selfishly. There's a million things I'd love to do with that facility. Uh, I love it as it is, but I also love the fantasy of what it could be. Um, and those are all great examples of, you know, what we could do to BMO to really make it our house. Um, celebrate the past, you know, embrace the future, um, all that stuff, so, you know, the statues and, and, and tributes to players and, um, you know, more, more double blue accents for sure. That site is where I grew up loving the Argonauts at old exhibition stadium. And it's funny, they have the bases from the old stadium there, but they never did anything for the goalposts. And to me, I would have liked to seen goalpost markers for where the Argonauts played at exhibition stadium there. And I, I just, I just, I just, to me, that's where I grew up, and and I was so happy when they moved to BMO in 2016. Never was a fan of the Rogers Center, and uh, and I'm glad they went back to this logo. And I'm now used to the uh, football not being brown on it, and I think they've done a great job on it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think uh, I think our logo pops. Um, you know, we talk about I, I talked earlier about how grateful it is to be a fan of this team. We've always looked good. You know, I can't think of a uniform really, <clears throat> with the exception of maybe, oh, I want to say it was the '98 season, or was it the '95 season? It was a season where the, where the instead of having a number on the front, it was the logo on the yeah. front. Yeah. You know, somebody way sharper than me has probably already got the answer in their head, Will Gertler. Uh, but um, 
Yeah, aside from maybe that incarnate of a uniform, uh, I've I've loved them all. We've always looked good. We've always looked like champions and played like champions. Uh, that helps. You look good, feel good, play good. Um, as far as the the Skydome is concerned, uh, you know, it any venue can be a great venue when it's full. Yes, uh, yes. You know, the dome was obviously a little bit cavernous. The lower bowl was a little bit of a challenge because it's very shallow. You know. Um, 20th row at BMO is much different than 20th row at the dome. 20th row at the dome feels like you're a mile from the field. Um, so there, there were, there were obvious challenges, but when it was full, it was loud. It was fun. Um, you know, you, if you were, if you were in the building, like I was for the 100th Grey cup in, in 2012, it was just a sea of Argonaut fans. You know, obviously there were, a, there were a spattering of, or a smattering of, of, of uh, Stampeder fans, but by and large, that was that was our house and uh it was it brought a tear to my it was just amazing to see absolutely hey i've got three quick questions i wanted to ask you adam uh this one i had to ask you i'm going to reward this question um Uh okay going forward in 2023 this is i'm going to reward it in going forward in 2023 can you see the argonauts having both mcleod bethel thompson and chad kelly back on the roster and what were your thoughts of Chad Kelly's performance in the gray cup against Winnipeg in that fourth quarter as uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson had a thumb injury. Yeah, I'll start with the, the, the last point. Um, I thought Chad Kelly did everything he needed to, you know, he wasn't asked to do a ton. He completed three passes, I believe. Um, and that, that run, that run uh, to seal the first down and, and led eventually to a touchdown drive was darn near heroic. It's no secret that Chad Kelly is mobile. That's one of his strengths. Um, so he did an admirable job. He he helped us win a Grey Cup, and he's, he's well-deserving of calling himself a Grey Cup champion because he earned it. Um, as far as who's going to start for this team next year, excellent question. I haven't talked to either of them. I'm not close to either of them. I, 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 can, I can only um, surmise of what's going to happen. It sounds like McLeod, um, at least right now, has is has his sights on playing again. He wants to continue to train. He's going to get back to uh, to football training very shortly. Um, and in my opinion, you're the starting quarterback until you're not. Um, so, should he start next year? Yeah, he should. Um, there's obviously a conversation about Chad Kelly and what you do with him. Um, you know, Chad Chad has every right to want to be a starter in this league. Um, is he ready? I don't know. Um, it, you know, we we've seen some some flashes of brilliance from Chad. Um, it would be nice to it, it'd be it'd be equally as nice to see him, um, you know, earn a, earn a spot as a starter as it would be to see uh, number four come back and lead this team again. You know, both are both are nice problems to have. Um, I don't know if Chad would want to be a number two. Um, he seems very hungry, and he's twenty eight. You know, um, he, he's got some some good years left, but, you know, he's getting a little bit of a late start to this. So I understand if he's if he's antsy and wants to, you know, wants to be a QB one. So it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. Um, you know, going back to earlier in our, in our chat, there's going to be a lot of turnover, uh, turnover on this team. You just can't you can't bring everyone back. It's just not going to work that way. Um, but those that's that is a key position. So um I'm I'm a, I'm a McLeod Bethel Thompson fan. Always have been. 
Uh, I like McLeod the man as much as I love McLeod the quarterback. I think he's the type of leader um, that wins championships. I think he is 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 a character guy. We talk about character. Uh, he's great for the locker room. I know players respect the hell out of him, and um, and you can tell that he he commands respect on the football team and or on the football field and off. Um, a lot of those questions remain unanswered with with regards to Chad Kelly. Um, um, those are questions I think a lot of fans are hoping to get some answers on in, in you know, next spring. Um, but uh, we'll see. Um, there's nothing like a CFL offseason, so grab your popcorn and buckle up. Agree. And uh, also, too, with the running backs, too, uh, um, with Olette and Andrew Harris as well. So the Argonauts, I think Pedmall Clements is going to, and the management staff is going to have a busy offseason because obviously you want to try to keep this core together. But with salary cap implications, you can only do so much. And uh, when you're a great cup champion, too, all the other teams uh, are going to want to take players from your roster as well and your coaching staff, too. They'll want your players. They'll yeah. want your coaches. Yeah. You know, they may, they may even want the mascot, you know, so it's, that's, those are nice problems to have when you're the champs. Um, and it's, it's, this is, this is one reason why it's, it's really tough to repeat. You know, I, I respect the bombers. I admire that organization so well for having such a run. Um, and even, even, even the tie cats, you know, having not won a championship, but, being in the big the big game so much recently it's tough to do um so and when you when you win um the demand for talent you know coaches players is that much higher so it's going to be tough um but it it comes down to our football operations staff you know pinball um you know magri alex russell um you know there's a lot of guys behind the scenes that get paid to uh to give us an opportunity at uh, number 19, um, I wouldn't bet against us. And next year, I think Montreal is going to be even improved. I think they're going to be better next year. I think Ottawa is going to be a lot better as well as Hamilton. So I, I really think next year it's going to be a dog fight in the CFL East. Yeah, it could be. You know, it's it, making predictions is a challenge. You know, we all thought Ottawa was going to compete for a championship this year when they loaded up in the offseason, and they sank right to the bottom. They had some injuries, absolutely, um, but, uh, you know, they ended up making a coaching change, and things just went sideways. Um, the Tiger Cats struggled mightily out of the gate. You know, we all thought they were going to be uh, in decent shape, um, and that didn't happen. So I'm always weary of making predictions um, it's, it's, it's real tough. Um, I, I know that, you know, they're all, they're all players that have pride in their work. They're all going to want to compete as hard as they can. Um, it, you know, I just, I, I hope that our team is ready because, you know, they're, they're going to have a, a target on their backs. That's what I should have said that too. When you're the champion in any sport, you get a target on your back and look at the Philadelphia Eagles in 17. They came out of nowhere to win the Super Bowl, And then next year, the following year, they were supposed to repeat and they struggled and you just never know it. You, every year is different. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Every year is different. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, um, if you look aside from 96, 97 in, in, in recent history, um, you know, you have to you have to go back to oh geez, the forty. Let me see. Let me con, let me consult my handy championship I, banner. 
Yeah, you, you have to go back to the uh, the 40s to find a team that uh, that won back-to-back championships. That's a long time. Um, it, it there's 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 turnover issues. You know, there's there's only there's only nine teams in this league, and anything can happen. Um, so it's you know re, you know repeating could be even sweeter. Absolutely, and this franchise is made up for that 31-year uh, Grey Cup drought as well, and uh, hopefully they can win number 19 next year. Just two last questions I wanted to ask you, uh, Adam, before I let you go. Uh, but uh, this one I wanted to ask you. Thoughts on your role this past season as a public address announcer for the University of Guelph Griffins at Alumni Stadium. Obviously, the team did not have a great year. Hopefully, they'll rebound in 2023. And how did this come about? Well, it's how did it come about? You know, just 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 connecting with um, some of the people that run these football or, or run these athletic programs in various universities. Um, it's one of those things you just you, you network and you never know what kind of opportunities will come your way. Um, you know, I I I, I work with uh, McMaster University as well, and uh, unfortunately, these aren't things that I can necessarily guarantee or, or look forward to every season because you know my priorities are with the Argonauts and sometimes the schedule doesn't allow me to um to have the the, the time to get behind the microphone in, in, in Hamilton or Guelph um so I, I'll have to wait to see what the U sports schedule has to offer um you know in the new year um but as for how my experience was at Guelph um it's, it's fantastic you know it was uh, my second year um, with with the team and you know they treat me very well alumni stadium is a super fun place to call a game um but i think i think what what really puts a smile on my face is that um the griffins have such a a hearty and healthy crowd you know win or, win or lose griffin fans love their football or griffin students love their football and they uh, they pack the place it's it's always a great atmosphere great vibes um, and, uh, I, I hope I can find some time to head back to Guelph, uh, next fall. I'm definitely hoping I'll be back with Griff Vision as well, because they're showing me behind the scenes of camera work. They actually had me do some graphics and replay as well. So I'm trying to learn both the radio side and the TV side of the industry as well. And I'm sort of like an underdog, like the Argonauts too. And I'm, I'm trying to prove people wrong as well. So I can sort of relate to this franchise as well. Yeah, there's something very romantic about, uh, you know, the element of surprise, I guess, you know, um, it be lending an impression on, on, on people or teams or, or anybody when it's not expected. So, um, I love what you do, Chris, I would say, just keep, keep going, smile on your face. Don't listen to the haters. Um, you have nothing but to prove to anybody but yourself. So, um, Keep your head down, uh, uh, go to work, love what you do, remind yourself every day why you do it, and I don't think you can lose. And uh, maybe next year I'll have to have you on the uh, Argo Bounce live audio show on Twitter Spaces with Nick Small, who's, to me, uh, he's Nick. only 20, Nick's one, He's only 25 years old, but we work well together because I'm from the older generation of the Argonauts, and he's from the younger generation, and I, I think we make a really good combination on the uh, Argo Bounce live audio show. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Nick too. He's got a big, beautiful double blue heart, and uh, it's a date. You just uh, you let me know uh, when to jump on, and and uh, I would love to spend some time with you boys. Definitely. And this leads to my last question: What do you tell somebody who's watching this or listening that is on the fence of purchasing a season ticket or tickets for the Toronto Argonauts in 2023? We already answered the other question earlier. 
what do I tell someone who's on the edge of purchasing uh, who's expecting bigger crowds? Uh, just basically uh, that question, you can forget about the second part, but what do you no, tell about somebody's just on the edge, uh, sitting on the fence of purchasing a season ticket or tickets uh, for the Argonauts in 2023? Why they should come out there? Well, I would ask, I, w- I would, I would ask somebody if they're a leader or a follower, you know, um, a leader, a leader makes their own decisions. A follower will just, you know, wait apathetically but you know that's 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 a tongue-in-cheek approach the reality is that there's no better value for your sports dollar or even at your entertainment dollar in the city of toronto um so do you do you want to be part of something special you know do you want to be do you want to be part uh of a rabid fan base the oldest fan base in league history the most successful fan base in league history um, do you want um, a great atmosphere in a fantastic building? Do you enjoy football? You know, do you do you have a family that enjoys the sport? Um, you know, all those things go into it. Do you like tailgating? You know, tailgating is really becoming a big thing um, for Argo fans. Uh, kudos to those that um, run We Still Tailgate and promote our our great tailgate. It's it's rapidly becoming one of the best in the league uh, and the most popular. Um, Argonaut fans are, and CFL fans who visit us are, uh, have been safe and responsible. Uh, they clean up after themselves. They provide a very comfortable and safe environment for all those who are there. Um, and I think that's something that can be something that can be very attractive as well. So um, that's that's the approach that I would take. And um, I got the website down here, Argonauts.ca, or even give Arjun a call as well. He's a really good guy, and I'm hoping to have him on on my podcast. And I'm looking forward uh, to next season so badly because I just really had a great time this year, and uh, the team has been really good with me. And hopefully I can do some more live interviews with players at the University of Guelph or after a game. And uh, like I said, I've had no bad experiences uh, ever at BMO Field, and uh, it's and I, I love taking the GO train from Burlington into the stadium. It's just so easy and convenient and stress free, really. Yeah, from a public transit perspective, it's really hard to beat. You had you hop on the GO train; it drop, drops you off at the doorstep of the stadium. You know, it's not uncommon to see some of our players, you know, waiting for a train um, after the game home. So it's pretty neat in that regards. Uh, in that regard, but um, yeah, you know, having the schedule, the CFL made a great decision a few years back to release the schedule in December for the following season. Um, it gives it gives everyone a lot more time to plan um, their summer and their fall months. You know, taking family vacations, you know, going to those cottages, um, work obligations, whatever it is, um, and um, you know, now all the teams have a have a have a shot at really. Um, selling, selling the brand between now and, and kickoff next year. So, um, and we're going to see a banner unfurled, an 18th Grey Cup Championship banner. So, um, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. So that alone should should help put uh, people in the seats because who doesn't love a winner? That's true. And uh, like you said, Def. For a long time, fans had to suffer with the franchise back in the late 50s, 60s, and 70s. And uh, the last 40 years, it's been great. Ten great cup appearances, eight great cup championships. And really, we shouldn't have lost the 87 great cup to Edmonton. But Damon Allen made up for it. I had Damon on my podcast a year and a half ago. 
great guy. He was drafted by the Detroit Tigers in 84. And I said, you made up for it by winning that great cup in 2004. And, and uh, I said, that was one of the greatest great cup games in 87. Uh, Edmonton won 38 to 36 on a last second, uh, 49 yard kick by Jerry Couric. And, and then that was our last disappointment back in 1987. Yeah. Yeah. You bring up an interesting, uh, interesting point and more of a, of a thought as well. Um, loved watching Damon Allen do his thing as a player, um, you know, to play as long as he did, um, the way he did, you know, he was so mobile, but still such a great arm and a great leader, um, to have the success he did, you know, I mean, he's obviously spent his time, uh, spent a lot of time across this great league with several teams. And we, you know, we, we had a, we have an Oh four and he, he helped bring us a championship. I look back and I had this conversation over the festival uh, after the game, actually, after the, the Argos won. And, you know, when I became a fan in 1991, um, you know, it was Matt Dunnigan who was uh, behind the helm. And then we were treated to to Doug Flutie and then Damon Allen and then Ricky Ray. Right. And then Ricky Ray. You know, what do these what do these players all have in common? They're Hall of Famers. Yeah. Um, and Holloway, too. Holloway, too. Hundreds Holloway. And yeah. then, and then... McLeod Bethel Thompson. Thompson. Yeah, I have to say it. I was uh, I was one of his skeptics and critics, and he's proven me wrong. And uh, I'm hoping I can write my story like his. And, and uh, he, he's got such a great story, and I hopefully he gets more attention in Toronto next year as well for what McLeod he's done. Thompson. Um, uh, you know, he whether I don't know if he'll see this, but um, if if we've seen the last of McLeod Bethel Thompson. I want to remind Argo fans that he deserves our respect. Um, he is a great cup champion forever. He was our quarterback. He was our leader and he's a great man. And uh, if, if, if that's the last we've seen of him, then this humble announcer wants to say, thank you, McLeod. Um, and I know McLeod and he'll, he'll probably take that and, and he'll, he'll definitely shuffle it aside and thank his teammates. Cause he's not the type of person that wants to accept any, um, any accolades and you know rightfully so he's 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 humble and hungry and 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 i respect it but um yeah just just a funny closing thought when you mentioned damon allen because it's one of those you know one of these things is not like the other um you've got a you got a handful of hall of fame quarterbacks that have helped lead us to championships and then you got mcleod bethel thompson who's just been he's he's just a gritty tough durable leader that uh you know if he doesn't come back I'm, I'm gonna miss him but um he he doesn't have to lose any sleep knowing that he's a champion forever absolutely and uh i was able to interview him a couple times and he was really great with me he answered my questions very respectful and he he actually recognized me from social media and i said wow that's and, and you know what I, I i'm gonna wrap this up what i love about this league is i'm i have access to hall of fame guys uh, the media guys, I've got guys from the, the past. And as much as I love the Philadelphia Eagles and the NFL, I can't get that kind of access like I do with the CFL. It's truly a fans league. Yeah, it's it's no secret. You know, this this league, um, it's a humbling experience for a lot of players, um, you know, who who come and they're, you know, they're obviously they're um, the pay scales are vastly different than, you know, what they're used to receiving in the national football league. Um, it's a foreign country. Uh, the weather is different. Um, sometimes amenities are different. Just the experiences that the pros get is, is, is different than, 
um, you know, playing in the NFL. So it, it does, it does humble them. That humility sometimes bring out, brings out the best in players, you know, um, it, it also allows them to be a little more comfortable in their environment, knowing that they're not going to be scrutinized or, or, you know, bombarded with, um, with appearances, with autographs, with, you know, uh, you know, fans, you know, you know, walking down the street and, and recognizing them. Um, they're allowed to live their lives in this country. Um, we know that they're, that they're stars, they're stars to us and, and they're very approachable, but um, they're, they're allowed to be comfortable, you know, wherever they play in, in Canada. And um, I think, I think the CFL athlete is, um, is really unique in that regard because um, it, it teaches them appreciation, right? You really, um, you know, to be able to, to get paid to play this game you love, um, to have another opportunity. There's a lot of players who are, who are so thankful of that. You know, you heard some of it in the celebration at uh, uh, Maple Leaf Square, um, just players being grateful for the opportunity to play in Canada and just some, some of them choose to live here, some of them don't, that's okay. Um, um, but yeah, there's, there's nothing like a CFL athlete, the best in the world. And I'm hoping one day, maybe I'll get an opportunity, uh, with the league or even the Argonauts. Cause I really have a, a passion for this league and, and the, and the Argonauts and, uh, it's my childhood team and, uh, they've been really great with me and, uh, with the fans. And, uh, for the first time in 50 years, I'm a season ticket holder and I'm really excited about it. And it's like a family down there. Absolutely. Somebody said it was Argo family and I agree with it. Yeah. The Argo family are just, you know, one of, one of nine individual CFL families. It's what, it's what makes this league great. Um, um, I love our fans. I wouldn't trade them for anyone. Um, there's not a tougher sports fan on the entire planet. And I'll repeat that for those that didn't hear it the first time. There's not a tougher sports fan on the entire planet. The Argo fan base gets more vitriol, more hate. You know, we have to defend ourselves on a daily basis more than any fan base that I can think of um, on earth. Um, and that in of itself um, lends it breeds appreciation, humility, gratitude. I'm so grateful for this team, Chris. I'm so grateful for the organization. I'm so grateful for the fact that we just could watch Argos football year in and year out. Um, and to be rewarded, um, you know, fans don't, we don't really deserve anything. You know, fans in sports, we buy our ticket, we go, we get entertained. It's not that we deserve a championship, but you know, when we get one, it's just, just, it's just so grateful because, you know, there's a lot of teams with fan bases um, that may be more robust than ours that uh, are, are starving for a championship. So um, just thankful. And, and so am I as well. And uh, I had a couple of TV opportunities uh, from uh, being a part of the Argo family and with CTV and city TV news. And I'm really appreciative as, as well. I'm going to wrap this up, Adam. I've kept you longer than 45. I apologize, but I just got to ask you this before we go quick thoughts, prediction on Buffalo Miami game Saturday. Are you, and are you going to Orchard park, New York on Saturday night? I am not, I will not be in the building. Uh, I wish I was, it's going to be an absolute barn burner. I think it's going to be real close. Um, I, I don't like what I saw from the Dolphins the past two games. You know, they 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 um, came up short on their California road swing. Um, that could mean that they're going to have a lot to prove this Saturday 
but they're going up against a tough Buffalo team. It's going to be cold. And it's from what we're understanding, hella snowy, um, which isn't always weather that the dolphins perform well. in. so um, I'm going to be tuned in. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, predictions. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 21, 16 Miami. I wouldn't be shocked because I know the bills have struggled in cool weather and Josh Allen is a, a pocket. Well, he's not a pocket passer, but I think the elements can affect them as well. It did affect them last year when they lost to New England at home in Orchard Park. So any given Saturday, any given Sunday, any team can be. And for Miami, if they have any hopes of winning the division, they really need this game. If they lose this game, I think they will be, what, three games behind with three left. It'll pretty well be the, the division will be out if they don't win this game. Yeah, the division will be will be out of out of reach. Um, there'll there'll still be a wild card opportunity on the table, but yeah, if they want to if they want a shot at the title, they've got to they got to beat the Bills on Saturday. Definitely, yeah, definitely, Adam. Uh, I'm gonna let you go, but hopefully again, I can have you back on, and we can just do one show about your Miami Dolphins and a little bit about the Sabers as well, and then we'll wait for maybe May and talk Argonaut football back in May when training camp starts. Looking forward to my friend. In the meantime, have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all the best to you and your family. Same to you too. And uh, where can people find you on social media again quickly? Uh, very easy. So at Twitter at Adam Goss and on Instagram at, and I haven't looked at this in a little while, uh, at um, <laughs> AF Goss. Bingo. Definitely. Hey, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And uh, looking forward to seeing you uh, in May uh, when training camp hopefully is back in Guelph. And uh, definitely, uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. And uh, good luck to your Dolphins on Saturday night in Orchard Park, New York. Thank you. Fins Thanks, up. Adam. Thanks, Adam. Go Argos. And we'll talk to you soon. Argos. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Have a great night, Adam, and we'll keep in touch with you on social media. Take care, my friend. You too. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed Season 5, Episode 6 of Live with CDP Sports Talk, brought to you by Barry Collins Chevrolet with my guest Adam Goss, the public address announcer for the Grey Cup champion Toronto Argonauts, and also this year with the University of Guelph Griffins at Alumni Stadium as well. You guys can follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Goss on Twitter. And also, guys, if you're interested, uh, check out the web website for the Grey Cup champion, Toronto Argonauts. Um, just type in argonauts.ca as well. And if you're looking for season tickets, I got myself a season ticket for uh, a possibly nine home games next year for $184. So uh, that was my Christmas present to myself. But I'm looking forward to sitting in Section 115, Row 10, Seat 2 next season. And uh, Adam does a great job uh, as the PA voice at BMO Field, as well as Alumni Stadium for the Gulf Griffins as well. Uh, guys, just before we go, I just want to put some stuff on here. One second. You guys can check out my website at beacons.ai slash Chris D. Pome. And also, I'm going to do this right now before we wrap this up. I have so many graphics on here, but I'm going to put this on. Live with CDP Sports Talk, again, is sponsored by 
Barry Cullen Chevrolet dealership at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycullen.com for their newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles or give them a call at 519-824-0210 and tell them Chris Palme sent you as well. And also the uh, you can pre-order now the O Electric Silverado or the O Electric Cadillac Lyric as well. And again, I want to say thank you to Mark Cullen, uh, the president of Barry Cullen Dealership, for sponsoring this podcast show as well. Also, guys, you can follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. That's at Live with CDP on TikTok. I post a lot of content there as well. And as always, for my shows, Live with CDP podcast, the audio version is downloaded to iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM. Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, LinkedIn, Stitcher, TunedIn, and Podbean. And I want to say thank you to my audience watching this live on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe if you already haven't. And thank you to those watching on Facebook Live, on Twitter, on Twitch, and LinkedIn as well. And before we wrap this up, guys, I'm going to let you know my next podcast show is going to be this Friday. I'm just going to put this on here right now. And uh, I'm looking forward to my guest. Uh, he's from uh, Hartford, Connecticut. He's a news producer with Fox 61 in Hartford, Connecticut. Huge Washington sports fan. His name is Edward Ford. This will be his third appearance on Live with CDP Sports Talk. And Edward's going to come on and preview the Washington Commanders Giants Sunday night match matchup at MetLife Stadium. And also talk about uh, Alexander Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals and maybe some Washington National Baseball on uh, that Washington National League's Washington Nationals uh, baseball as well. So this Friday, uh, December 16th at 2 p.m. with Edward Ford. It originally was scheduled for 5, but it is now 2 o'clock Friday for Season 5, Episode 7 of Live with CDP uh, podcast as well. And that's about it, guys. Uh, Live with CDP Sports Talk, again, is live streamed, uh, streamed on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And I want to say thank you to everybody for watching this live. And if you guys can give me about 10, 15 minutes, I will have the audio version uh, downloaded to my 14 platforms as well. Before we go, guys, I want to say thank you to my friend Steve. Uh, Steve is a, does some artwork and graphic work for me. But I want to say thank you to Steve uh, for this, uh, my new business card. Uh, again, this is my new business card, and I thought he did a great job, and I wanted to give Steve, uh, he's from the New York area, uh, some credit for doing this as well, and it's just a professional look, and I really appreciate him uh, doing this as well for me. So shout out to Steve, and uh, I hope to build my audience uh, in 2023. And uh, again, I want to say thank you to Adam Goss, uh, the Argonaut and Guelph Griffin PA announcer for coming on here. and. Uh, I hope everybody has a great night and hopefully you guys can tune in for season five, episode seven Friday at two o'clock Eastern with Edward Ford from Fox 61 news in Hartford, Connecticut. And we're going to talk Washington sports as well. So uh, that's about it guys. I hope everybody has a great night. And again, thank you for watching and listening to live with CDP sports talk brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Good night, everybody.